Hi, everybody, and thanks so much for listening today to my written series episodes, the story of four women friends who have each other's backs through both the hilarious and the heartbreaking. Each episode is written and thus read from the first-person perspective of one of the four women. Today's episode, episode three, is from Camille's perspective and is titled, Some Fucked Up Bullshit. Because, you know, I hate curse words. And here we go. Episode three, Camille, some fucked up bullshit. All I know is, as soon as I get off this phone, the minute, the second this call is over, I'm taking a smoke break. Normally, I can make it until the end of the day, but this shit right here. Okay, Candace says, what the fuck is this bitch's name again? Daniela, Darla, whoever she is, she continues. I'm so sorry I had to go, but you were saying? It's Camille, and I was saying that Debbie White's leave should have started on the 15th of this month, not the 15th of November. This is the third time I've said this to this bitch. Um, okay, she says. She's saying she's still getting regular paychecks, I say. Okay, she says. I sigh. On our end, we still don't have anything saying, I am so sorry, but I have to put you on hold for one more teeny tiny little second, okay? Before I can say anything, a pleasant voice over upbeat classical music is assuring me yet again that they at Penman Health Insurance are working hard for me. No, you're not, I want to retort. Ain't nobody working hard for me. Camille. I look up to find Andrea, my boss, standing at my desk, her mug of coffee in hand, those clogs that ER doctors and teachers wear on her feet. Sweater, skirt, tights, clog, coffee. It's her uniform. Well, that and those bags under her eyes. Well, I got bags under my eyes because I'm stressed the fuck out right now. But this bitch got suitcases under hers. I swear she never leaves this place. I need you to sit in on that new project we discussed, she says. What new project we discussed, I say, because she and I never discussed any new project, and this bitch knows we never discussed any new project. Carla and Benefits is working on updating the leave and vacation policies, Andrea says, and I had to schedule meetings this week so she can be up to speed with the literature. I can't do it, Andrea, I say. I'm all ready. Okay, I'm back, Carmen, says the penman rep. My name is Camille, I say. I motion for Andrea to hold on one second. Five minutes, she mouths, pointing to the conference room as she walks away. Hold on a second, I say into the headset before yanking it off. The meeting starts in five minutes, I exclaim. Andrea nods, her red hair frizzy and saggy up and scrunchy. It looks even more tired than she. There's nobody else to do it, she says. And she's right. But layoffs is down to Yolanda and me and leave administration. Kayla, the other leave admin person, and Laura, my assistant, were laid off two weeks ago. It's been even more of a nightmare here since. But I can't, I say. The panic, the irritation, the frustration, they rise like bile in the back of my throat. I'm already scheduled to sit in on the payroll system update meeting. Well, when does that start? I glance at the clock. In two hours? Will you have time then? 
and I need those updated short-term disability numbers before you leave today. I don't even try to hide my, you must be crazy, neck jerk back. Andrea shrugs again. Sorry, she says, not sounding the least bit apologetic. The manual's going out next week, so Bruce from Policy and Benefits needs it from us now. But you were going to do it, I say. That's what you said during the conference call last week. Andrea shakes her head and blinks in that quick way. White people, white women specifically, do when they can't believe you've back-talked to them. I'm swamped here, Andrea, I say. There is no way I can. And I'm swamped too, Camille, she interrupts. This isn't a fun time for any of us right now, and there's no way around it. I need those updated numbers on my desk before you leave today. She swishes around, her coffee and her skirt swishing with her. Yolanda and I exchanged glances, both shaking our heads. This is too much. It is too much. I'm giving myself two smoke breaks today. Fuck that. Camille, are you still there? Shit, I forgot I was on the phone. My headset, the bane of my existence, my noose dangles from my fingers. Hello, it says. I put it back on my head. I'm here, I say. Sounds like they've got you working hard over there. Short, fake laugh. Yep, I say grimly. So like I was saying, I pick up the file folder on my desk. Debbie White, she's still getting regular paychecks. Okay? I grip my teeth. Why the fuck does this bitch keep saying okay? Are you new, I ask, because I normally work with Krista. Where is she? Oh, Krista's out of maternity leave herself, and yes, I am new. And what is your name again, I ask? Dana? She says it like she hopes she's guessing right. Okay, Dana. My afternoon headache is starting early. I need you to find out when Debbie White delivered her baby. Okay? Whatever day she delivered would be the day that her pay closed. I make sure to speak slowly to make sure this bitch gets everything I'm saying. Meaning that that is when she would have stopped receiving regular paychecks. Dana chuckles. I don't know why anyone would report they're still getting paychecks. I think I'd be tempted to keep that money. I rub my temples, realizing just now that I still have to calculate how much Debbie has been overpaid and send that information to payroll. This is something my assistant, Laura, would have handled. Because Debbie White is an employee of Brock Pharmaceuticals, Dana, I say. And all Brock Pharmaceuticals employees know that Brock Pharmaceuticals doesn't give a fuck about any of us and will fuck us if it feels the need to save money or if we take a penny more than they've deigned to give us. That is why Debbie reported that she is still getting paychecks. Yolanda's mouth falls open across the room. I give her either a, you know it's the truth, or an, I don't give a fuck anymore shrug. Hell, I can't tell which one it is. I know it's going to make me late picking up the kids, but I have to have one more smoke before I leave. I'm outside lighting up when Yolanda walks out of the building. I didn't know you smoked, she says. I stopped, I say. I had quit years ago when I had found out I was pregnant with Tiana. I tap the cigarette head. 
ashes fall to the ground. But now, I say, I do again. Does Phil know? I laugh, pulling my coat tighter in the chilly air. I'll quit again before he finds out. Yolanda laughs too, her silver filling showing. So you heard how Keisha got that operation specialist position, right? What? I say. Yep, she sure did. Keisha Mifflin or Keisha Stone? I ask. Keisha who was in benefits? It's Keisha Stone then. I drag on my cigarette, shaking my head. You know I applied for that position. I know, girl. I know. Yolanda looks up at the gray sky, shivering in her long sweater. And shit like that comes open only once every two, three years? Two or three, I say. It's more like once every five years these days. Well, that's true, Yolanda concedes. She's one of the few employees I know who's been at Brock her whole working career and is doing the 10-year countdown to her retirement now. I don't know how she's made it. I can't take this anymore, I say. This is the second time I've been passed over to get into operations and now I'm stuck doing Laura's work and Andrea's work and mine too. Honey, you need to be glad you still have a job. Yolanda lowers her voice. I heard they're letting Bob from recruiting and staffing go. I stare at her. Bob, who's been there for 20-something years, Bob. Nice, Bob, I say. Yeah, girl, Yolanda confirms. Ain't that a blip? That is some fucked up bullshit is what it is. I shake my head. They are so wrong for that. I know, girl, Yolanda says. And all the time, you're just wondering when it's going to be you, I say. I know, girl, Yolanda says again. She sighs. Well, let me get on home. You know how Clarence is about his meatloaf on Wednesdays. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, I say, wishing with all my being that I might get hit by a truck so those words don't have to be true. I stub up my cigarette, rub on some hand sanitizer, and head for the minivan, another purchase we had to make to accommodate three children. I hate the minivan, but at least I have a present in there for myself. I open the door, slide in, and can't even wait to pull out of the parking lot before I'm reaching for the Krispy Kreme donut box. Maya had had to bring some for her class and we brought too many. The donuts aren't good for my sweet tooth, I know, but hopefully they'll somewhat help cover up the smoking smell. I can't tell if Phil knows I'm smoking, but he's not saying anything and that's good enough for now. And that's because Phil is a good one. We met on match. Both divorced, both single parents, both knowing what we wanted. My checklist for a man, over 5'10", check. Good looking, check. Kind, check. College educated, check. Steady in professional employment, check. Likes to cook, check. Not looking to play games, check. And Phil's checklist for his woman, thickalicious, Hello, with big breasts, too. Double E's, anyone? Marriage-minded, yep. Knows how to cook. <laughs> My mama taught me well. Independent, bitch, police. But knows how to make her man feel like a man. Well, most of the time. Will put us first. Well, some of the time. And most important of all, will love my son unconditionally. Well... I'm trying. I am trying. I am.
Sylvia up here talking about I need to treat him like my own at brunch last weekend. Bitch, please. First of all, I am not about to take family life advice from someone who is surely breaking up someone else's family. Talking about, what's his name? Trey isn't married. Sylvia is just a couple years behind me and Jamie and Sabrina, but she acts like she's 14. I need to call her, make sure her crazy ass is okay. But anyway, back to Stevie. I'm working on it. I am. Speaking of which, he's the only one out on the Merritt School playground when I pull up. No coat, no sweater, and most likely no undershirt under his white Merritt School shirt. Playing chase with himself and running around like a little banshee, of course. That boy's gonna fuck around and start coughing and get everybody in the house sick. Stevie! I shout from the minivan. He stops and turns when he sees me. Go get the girls! Tiana! He shouts inside the building. Maya! They can't hear you from out here! I shout at him. Doesn't he know that? Huh? He calls. Go inside and get the girls! And put your coat on! It's freezing out here! I try to remember that his mama is trifling as fuck, having moved all the way across the country to be with her loser wannabe rapper boyfriend, not even fighting Phil for custody. I try to remember that she did not teach him proper hygiene, so it's not his fault that he didn't brush his teeth every morning and every night when he first came to live with us and still forget sometimes. I try to remember she didn't teach him table etiquette either, so there's no way he could eat, except like a Neanderthal, elbows all over the table, mouth all open with food. He nods and runs into the building. Moments later, Tiana trudges out, her book bag heavy on her thin frame, Maya behind her, her book bag even heavier on her even thinner frame. I'd been skinny too when I was a child. Miss Terry, the last one out, closes and locks the building door behind her, and we enact our routine. She looks pissed. I apologize for being late. She smiles tightly and says it's okay. The kids pile into the van, and life goes on, as usual. They want to put me on the schedule to work this weekend, Tiana says when she's buckled up. She is already on her phone, tapping away. Okay, I say. She loves her little part-time job at J. Crew, especially since it's at Lenox Mall. Last month, she saw T.I. walking past the store and nearly passed out. You'll need to have your homework done, though. And have you been keeping up with your PSAT homework? Tiana pauses before saying tentatively, Yeah? I look at her in the rearview mirror. No, you haven't. Then why'd you ask? We're sitting at a light, so I put the minivan in park and twist around. Excuse me? I say. Silence. You better watch your mouth, Tiana Lewis, and look at me when I'm talking to you. All the way, young lady. I stare into defiant eyes. I suggest you fix your face if you intend to keep that part-time job of yours. Now I'm going to ask you again. Have you been keeping up with your PSAT homework? She already says she has, says Stevie. Shut up, Stevie, I say. You're not supposed to say that, he says. I look at him. Hush, Stevie. Okay, he says with a shrug. I look back at Tiana. I'm waiting, ma'am. Yes, mommy. The car behind me honks. We have the light. The car behind you is honking, Nona, Stevie observes. Nona is the name we settled on for him to call me. I know that, Stevie. Then how come you aren't going? 
because I'm still talking to my child. That's why I snap, but I turn around and pull the gear shift into drive. I am not spending all this money for this expensive ass PSAT class for you to fuck around and not study when you're supposed to, Tiana. You're not supposed to say fuck, reports Stevie. Oops, I say unapologetically. I speak again to the rear view mirror. Do you understand me, young lady? Yes, Tiana says glumly. I pull onto the crawl of traffic that is 400. I miss living in my apartment with just my two girls in the city. Maya, baby, how was school today? Good, she chirps. I got a 100 on my spelling test. That's my baby. I beat Marvin Hastings in a race at lunch, says Stevie. He was the fastest in the class before I came. Maybe that's why those little pits of his are smelling up the whole goddamn van. He needs to start wearing deodorant. I roll down my window a tad. And how did you do on your schoolwork? I ask. I don't know, Stevie says. Okay? Just okay, I say. Well, you gotta try harder then, don't you? I'm sure you can do better than just okay. Stevie is quiet. I feel a ping of guilt. Because you're super smart, aren't you? Aren't you, Stevie? Stevie stays quiet. So how was it today? Phil asks later that night. I sigh as I knot my scarf at my forehead and he looks up from his iPad. That bad, baby? Awful, I say. Can we turn off the light? I got it. Phil gets up, his slim, lightly muscled frame moving quickly to flick off the light switch. The mattress, my old one from before I met him, shifts as he eases back into bed. We need another one. Shit, I needed another one before I met him. So what happened? Phil asks. I'm too tired to talk about it, I say. Did you call the guy about the downstairs toilet? The one your crazy ass son clogged? I want to add, but I keep that part to myself because I am a nice person. Oh, damn, I forgot, Phil says. I'll do it tomorrow. No, I'll do it, I say. He's been forgetting and doing it tomorrow for a week now. So what do you think the problem is at work? Phil asks. Uh, everything, I say. Can you narrow it down? Like, is it the workload? Is it Andrea? Is it the work itself? It's all of it. I close my eyes, annoyed at his questions. I just don't want to do it anymore. Silence. I mean, we can't live off just my income right now, baby, Phil says finally. I know, I say. I mean, I want us to be able to, but I'm just not there yet. I know that, Phil. I'm just saying how I feel, which is that I don't want to do it anymore. Did you ask Sabrina yet about helping you update your resume so you can look for something else? I'll ask her, I say. I thought you said you were going to ask her last week. I didn't have time last week. I was too busy doing my horrible job and then coming home and cooking dinner and getting the kids ready for bed last week, just like I'm doing this week. But you just saw her at brunch last weekend, Phil says. If this man doesn't get out of my goddamn business, I said I will ask her. I say, okay, Phil says, maybe you two can get together this weekend. Mm-hmm, I mutter. This weekend, when I'm not playing a chauffeur to the kids, I will be watching whatever Housewives franchise is on right now because I deserve to spend some time the way I fucking feel like. 
Phil spoons me, reaching around to massage my breast. I don't want you to be unhappy, baby. We just can't have you quit right now without having... I know what we have to have, Phil, I interrupt. I mean, Phil sighs. Stevie's going to need braces soon. Tiana has her class trip coming up. I know all that, Phil. It's just that, like today, Andrea's telling me updated short-term disability numbers that she is supposed to get done herself, and I have to sit in on all these conference calls so I can't take care of the employees I'm supposed to take care of and get any of my actual work done. The people at Penman don't know what the hell they're doing. There's some new bitch there, so I have to spell everything out for her. And I mean, Krista was late with everything, working with her, but at least she knew what she was doing. And I, I feel a lump in my throat. I couldn't get the short-term disability numbers together because I was already late getting the kids. So I'm going to have to hear from Andrea that she's hearing it from her boss that Bruce is saying he can't get the manual completed in time for... Phil snores gently, his hands limp on my breast now. This asshole... I can't do this anymore, Phil, I whisper. I'm smoking again, did you know that? His snoring tells me he doesn't. Well, I am, and I'm eating nothing but junk, and I hate your disorderly son more than usual. I feel another ping of guilt. I wasn't exactly nice to Stevie in the van earlier today. I shouldn't have told him to shut up. I mean, I, I don't hate Stevie, I say out loud, because it's important that I say that part out loud. But he is getting on my nerves more than normal. Hell, I'm even snapping at my own kids. I'm not myself. This job is making me feel like I don't even know who I am anymore, Phil. He's snoring louder now. I shake him off me, turn on my side. And then I get up, grab my purse, and tiptoe into our large, fancy bathroom with a large, fancy garden tub Phil just had to have and never uses. I close the door behind me, feel in the dark for the large bay window Phila just had to have and never opens. Well, I open it now, and then I open my purse and reach for the lighter and emergency cigarette stashed deep inside. Thanks so much for listening to episode three of episodes. If you enjoyed it, Please subscribe and spread the word and tune in next week for episode four, which will be Sabrina's episode. Take it away, Arden. If you want more info from my mommy, please visit LizzieCookless.com. Deuces! <laughs>